There's some massive names, politicians. I mean, your name has been spoke by a lot of people. There, are you just, because you're like, a, hey, love will cure this thing. How are you not going to hold a grudge everybody? And do you know that you're probably never going to win an MVP again? That's probably never going to happen, right? I think that's, that's a legitimate, <laughs> legitimate statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm disappointed that we didn't deal the ball faster and call things that might show a little bit quicker for him. Um, and again, that's, that's on me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. <laughs> oh, you, you laugh to keep from crying. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show today. I was wondering this morning, I was like, ah, he was on on Friday. Do you think he'll do Tuesday, his normal spot? And he did. And I was worried that he was going to get on there and say something nuts. Not because, like, Rodgers is a free human. He can say what he wants. He can do what he wants. It's his radio hit. Say whatever, do whatever you want. But I was worried that he was going to say something that then I was going to have to talk about. Like he was going to make some comment about, I want OBJ, or I don't know, this is how I would solve the crisis in the Middle East. And then it, it becomes work for me. Like last year when Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, it was easy. It was 15 minutes of my show once a week. We'd just play sound bites. I could kind of sit back and relax, and we'd just get to enjoy Aaron Rodgers, steal a little content from, from Pat McAfee's show. This year when he goes on the show, it's an obligation. It's like, oh, God, what's he going to say? And and do I have to talk about it? Nothing too crazy today. He got on there. He was like, look, this might have been a little out of pocket. I, I meant this and that and the other thing. And let's all just calm down. Good job on Aaron Rodgers today. A little damage control. Once again, he can say what he wants. He's a free individual. But I think he realized last week, oh, yeah, some of the things I said. Sponsors didn't love that. This person didn't love that. Let me... uh let me de-escalate the situation just a little bit. Backtracked on a couple of things. Good on Aaron Rodgers. Calming the situation down a little bit on Pat McAfee's show today. This is the Wisco Sports Show. We never calm it down. Nuh-uh. We're ratcheting it up today. I don't know how, but we're going to try. We've had four or five 10 out of 10 shows in a row. The last week has been so much fun talking about Jordan Love and the weird stuff with Aaron Rodgers. And it's been a blast. And I think a big part of that has been you. Your calls, your texts have been awesome, and we haven't gotten into the weeds politically. We haven't argued about, I don't know, horse dewormer or anything like that. The last week has been really fun. It is my goal to keep that going today. We're going to talk about the NFL. Yes, Mike Clemens will join us at 530, but we're going to work in some other topics as well. Little Bucks basketball, yes. They went to the White House yesterday. Not getting political there either. That's not, no, that's not an avenue to call and talk about Sleepy Joe Biden or whatever. We're not doing that. Why Why do all these topics like lean dangerously close to politics? I swear to God. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Bucks today. And dare I say, dare I I think I'm going to say it, a tiny bit of Badgers basketball. Just just a little bit. Just a little. I have a statement. I just have something I want to, I want to get it out there before the season starts. So if we have time today, just a little bit. A little bit on Wisconsin Badgers basketball. You can call and text 608-796-2558. That's the talk and text line. You can text me anytime, but I think we have a new rule. No calls for the first 20 minutes of the show, for the first segment. Because that kind of gives me a chance to get settled in, kind of lay out the topics a little bit, get a nice foundation built. And that way one person doesn't call in and like, we should cut Mason Crosby. And then the whole show becomes about that. 
that's a fun conversation, but we got to kind of get our legs under us first. So if you call, I'm sorry, we're going to wait 20 minutes, but you can text anytime. You can tweet me anytime at Wisco Grant, not just during the show, but 24 seven. I got nothing better to do than argue online. Best way to do that is on Twitter. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. Like I said, going to throw in a dash of bucks today. Little Badgers basketball, but I want to start with Monday night football. Because last night's game was an absolute treasure trove of content from all different avenues, from the Steelers, from the Bears, to the announcing crew, to the refereeing crew. It was just a big gong show. And Monday night football typically is, but last night, I think, especially, it's it's cartoonish. That's the word I always used to describe Monday night football. And I don't know if it's because it's on ESPN and I don't love ESPN, or if it's the graphics or if it's the music, or maybe it's because it's on a weeknight, it's on Monday night, I don't know. I don't know. It's always cartoonish, and that seems to kind of highlight and blow up all of the weird things that happen in football games. The Fail Mary game was a Monday night game, for example. That that game in Mexico City, or it was supposed to be in Mexico City, where Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes both threw for like 700 yards apiece. That was Monday night football. Monday night football has this weird way of blowing up insane things that happen in a game, or, like, highlighting terrible things. Like, if you get a bad Monday night game, it sucks. It's extra bad. If you get a bad call by a referee, it's extra bad. If the announcer makes a mistake, it seems even more pronounced. Monday night football is an absolute gong show. And last night, no exception. A treasure trove of all these different topics that I want to talk about. First of all, the non-important things. Let's get this out of the way. ESPN stinks. This has been a philosophical pillar of this show for years. Not everything on ESPN, but live sports on ESPN. I just, outside of Mike Breen, I I try. I, I do, but I just, sometimes with Monday Night Football, and it doesn't even matter who they put in the booth, I always seem to struggle with whoever it is. Maybe that's a me problem. I don't mean to make this a wine fest. I like Steve Levy. He seems really nice, but he's just not it. Like, a player could break their leg on the field, Right, let's say an offensive lineman snaps their leg and there's bones sticking out. It's really gruesome. Right, and they show the replay. Steve Levy would say something like, <laughs> that's gotta hurt. Like, Steve, shut up. Knock it off with that stupid voice you use all the time. And last night, they were getting into the weeds on this story about the Steelers running back Najee Harris. I went and I found the sound. This is, I don't even, well, here it is. Just listen. But even when he got to Alabama on the full ride, got the fancy dorm room, he spent the first few months in Alabama, sleeping on the floor, said he was just more comfortable. He's more used to that. That's an unbelievable story. I mean, I, for a long time, he didn't want anybody to know about it. And, and how, how could you argue with that? Uh, but then when his story finally came out and he embraced it and he understood that he could help other people, other kids going through the same thing, that they could understand that they have an opportunity, they have a shot if they work hard enough. And he owned that and it became his testimony. And it's a really powerful one. Now, first of all, Najee Harris seems super likable. I don't really love the Steelers, but I really like Najee Harris. He seems like an exceptional individual. Went through periods of homelessness when he was little, went from shelter to shelter, and he actually threw a draft party at a homeless shelter, which was really, really cool. I don't think he slept on the floor. Well, actually, I don't think I know. He tweeted last night after the game, and I quote exactly because it's funny. (laughs) He said, Bruh, I ain't sleep on no damn floor in college. I slept on my bed. Yeah, the number one recruit in the country or whatever he was the stud Alabama running back I think he he probably slept on a bed what a weird why does ESPN always have to do this it's like oh this is a hell of a running back coming in this should be a first round pick did you know that his grandma was run over by a garbage truck when he was six and he was in the driveway and he saw it all go down it's like oh why do we have to do we have do we have to go there 
Like, that's terrible. Rest in peace to a player's grandma. But do I need to, do we need to talk? Do I need to know? Do we need to talk about it? Always ESPN with the weird human interest stories. And then, and then it got worse. There's 146 left in the game. The game is tied 26-26 after the Bears score a touchdown. So the Bears are kicking the extra point. The game's tied 26-26. So the extra point would be to take the lead. A minute and a half left. Pittsburgh jumps off sides on the extra point attempt. So the play's dead. And this is what happened on the broadcast. Uh, the Steelers rushing wildly at Cairo Santos before the ball was even snapped for the all-important extra point. Yeah, and if this is offside on the defense, now you have options. Do you want to go for two here and potentially... Well, you're going to kick this field goal either way. That's a higher percentage to win the game. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't mean to rip Brian Greasy for this because I've done the same thing where I think I have an idea and I start, and as soon as I hear it come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that's stupid. But it's like, no, it's a tied game. Two doesn't help you. There's no, there's no one-point play. There's no two-point play. It's either six or it's three. Being up one is the same as being up two. Kick the field goal, Brian. This isn't... And I love how he he then cites the win probably. He's like, oh, it's still a higher percentage to win the game. Yeah, because you're leading, Brian. There's nothing to do with win probability. I'm like, oh, man. Maybe maybe we should count our blessings with Monday Night Football because it gives us something to talk about on Tuesday afternoon. Man, I, I slept in my bed. I didn't sleep on no damn floor. <laughs> Good for Najee Harris. The announcing was not great. The refing last night was terrible. To the point where in the fourth quarter, I thought, are we sure this game isn't fixed? Like, everybody's talking about sports betting more than ever before. Are we 100% sure this game isn't fixed? I think it might be. And I never think that. I follow a couple people on Twitter. It's every other game. They're like, see, this is, must be fixed. It's like, would you sh- would you stop it? Not everything's some huge conspiracy theory, okay? But last night I'm watching this game in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking, uh, are we sure? This is kind of weird. Like, there was a blocking foul that cost Chicago four points. And then there was this non-roughing the passer call with Fields that I'd seen called a dozen times this year. I I thought the same, to be fair, there was one with Jordan Love the other night, too, where late hit, landed with full weight on the quarterback, right? It just sometimes depends. I think rookie quarterbacks, non-superstar quarterbacks don't get those calls. And as a Packer fan, I'm certainly used to Aaron Rodgers getting those calls. And then there was a taunting penalty in the fourth quarter that kept a drive alive. It was on third and long. And Tony Carrenti, like, bumped into the Bears player on purpose and then, like, threw his flag way up in the air. Tony Carrenti just, he looked and sounded out of it. He looked a little senile. No offense to Tony Carrenti, although he screwed the Packers over more than once. And then they started spamming off sides penalties on the Bears. Line up in the neutral zone. Line up in the neutral zone. I'm like, really? Matt Nagy was losing his mind on the sideline, and I never really saw a replay. It was like, oh, Robert Quinn lined up in the neutral zone. I guess we'll take old head Tony Carrenti's word for it because his eyesight must be perfect. What the hell? It's weird. Now, Bears fans would probably disagree. I think by the end of the game, I don't know if one team was screwed out of a win or of a loss. The Bears had some tough calls, but they had a lead late in the game. Right? They had an opportunity to win that game regardless. They just couldn't do it. Um, those are the random side details, the announcing, the refs. And once again, those random side details are always more pronounced on Monday Night Football. The weird things, the the out-of-the-ordinary things, that's always more pronounced on Monday Night Football just because of the cartoonishness of the broadcast, and it's on a weeknight. I do want to talk about this game a little bit. I thought the Bears would win. Um, I talked to my my best friend and my roommate, who's a Bears fan. He's like, you know what? I'm weirdly confident tonight. And he like he hates the Bears. 
He's a diehard Bears fan. We always like, this team is dumb. His coaches are dumb. Got to fire this person, this person, this person. And yet week after week, he's like, ah, I like our chances. And I'm always like, you know what? I do too. Because that's what football fandom is. He's like, I think we can win with Jordan Love. He's like, yeah, I think the Bears could beat Pittsburgh on the road on Monday night. That's what we do. We buy into our team. I thought the Bears would win. And to be fair, they probably should have won. They outgained Pittsburgh by three yards per play. They had a 65% win probability with a minute 15 remaining. But the thing is, they did. They had some tough. They had some tough luck with the officials. I'll admit that. Maybe that didn't decide the game. But the Bears also had 12 penalties for 115 yards. That's not bad luck. That's disorganized, sloppy football. And that's a direct indictment on Nagy. And you saw him on the Bears' final defensive drive, where the Steelers won for what ended up being the game-winning field goal. I think there were back-to-back plays where the Bears either jumped off sides or lined up in the neutral zone. And Nagy is beside himself on the sideline. Probably because he's upset at his players for jumping off sides. And maybe he was upset at the refs because he didn't think they were off sides. But I also think Nagy's angry because he realizes this reflects on me. Like, could you guys please stop committing stupid penalties? Because ultimately it becomes my problem. Because whether or not you guys are undisciplined in the way you line up or you make hot-headed plays where you punch a guy in the helmet or whatever, even if it's not my fault, it's going to be my fault. Because when a team has... 12 penalties for 115 yards. You think, oh, the coach got to get control. And Nagy knows that. And he's coaching for his job right now. He looked ticked on the sideline. I think, to speak to Justin Fields, who was good last night, I think Packers fans, Bears fans, we're living in alternate universes right now. We experienced very similar things on Sunday and on last night, talking about the Packers and the Chiefs and the Bears and the Steelers. But it's like reversed. It's inverse. So Packers fans watched that game and thought, okay, Jordan Love isn't ready But this team is getting really good. The defense looks like it's getting there. And the running game looks like it's there. And the receivers are getting healthy. And we like the coach. We're just waiting for our quarterback. So maybe the future doesn't look as great as maybe we hoped. But right now, this looks great. Bears fans on the other side, it's the inverse, right? They might not love this team. And they might not love their coach. But Justin Fields is getting really good. It's the inverse completely. Justin Fields looks a little bit better every time I watch him doesn't mean he'll be a stud. I don't I don't know. I'm not predicting anything for Justin Fields. I'm not a quarterback evaluator. I don't grind the tape. The all 22. That's how you know you're a part of the NFL Twitter royalty is when you complain about how bummy Game Pass is. Because right? that's what all the people... Couldn't be me. I don't watch all 22 film, but everybody who does always complains about the interface and the way that it's set up online. I strive to be one of those people one day who can complain about such things like tax brackets. One day I hope to make enough money where I can complain about stuff stuff like that. Legal fees. Right? Big money things. It's the same with the NFL. Justin Fields looks a little bit better every time I watch him. He still has his rookie moments. And he had a couple last night where it's like, ooh, maybe don't make that throw. Or ah, you got to feel that pass rush just a little bit sooner. Those are typical rookie things. But every time I watch him, every week, He adds in a couple more of those huge plays, those splash big-time plays, shots down the field, plays with his legs, right? He just adds a couple more of those every week. He still makes rookie mistakes, and Patrick Mahomes still makes rookie mistakes, but why Patrick Mahomes has been so great the last few years is he makes so many big, brilliant plays that it just outweighs any little mistakes or any poor judgment plays that he makes. Justin Fields is on that trajectory where every week he sprinkles in a couple more big plays, big throw down the sideline, or a run where he just evades defenders and makes something happen, right? Superstar type stuff. Last night, I think it's really important to mention, Justin Fields leaned into his strengths. 
I don't know if it was by design with the coaches or if it was just Justin Fields doing his thing. He was 9 of 16 for 225 yards and a touchdown when throwing more than 10 yards down the field. He had a plus 9.6 completion percentage over expected. So he was completing passes that the odds would say, eh, that's probably not going to work. Well, it did. Justin Fields made a lot of plays that weren't there to be made, weren't expected to be made. He averaged 15.7 air yards per attempt. It's the second most by a quarterback all season, any quarterback in the league through nine weeks. That's what he's good at. That's what Justin Fields is good at. If you watch him at Ohio State, he likes taking a big drop, setting his feet, surveying the field, and letting one rip way down the boundary or way down the seam. He likes going for the big play, and he's really, really good at it. The challenge for Chicago, Matt Nagy, or if they move on from him and whatever coach comes in next year, is going to be creating an offense that allows him to take shots and push the ball down the field and creating opportunities for him to do that, play to his strengths. The challenge for Justin Fields is going to be to improve in the short and intermediate throws. And he's not alone there. There's a lot of quarterbacks that love the big play, but they struggle with the the simple things. The six-yard check down, the little bootleg, the whip route in the middle of the field. Those take precision and touch. And a lot of quarterbacks need to work on that. Josh Allen, I think Jordan Love needs to work on that too, obviously. I don't know if last night taught us anything about Jordan Love. I think... Maybe we can compare the two a little bit. Justin Fields' ninth game was last night. Is that true? He's played in every game this year at least once. I don't know how many starts he has. I'll have to go back and look at that over the commercial break. Jordan Love has one start under his belt. Justin Fields has a handful. And every start, Justin Fields, yeah, he still makes rookie mistakes, but he has more big plays. And I don't know if it's fair to say that Jordan Love, if given six starts in a row, would continue to add in big plays the way Justin Fields has. I don't know. Let's talk about that. Coming up next, get to some of your texts as well. 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had... A swell day, and I'm glad you're here. Just talked a little bit about Monday Night Football. Going to slide into some Packers talk. Pat McAfee joined, or rather Aaron Rodgers joined the Pat McAfee show today. I mean, he... I don't want to say that he backtracked. I think he clarified. He added some perspective, and I think he de-escalated the situation nicely. Nothing crazy that I think we need to go over and we need to cover. I played this clip to start the show, and I think it's really funny, and it shows the power... A little comedy of uh, some laughs. I thought this was... Oh, we're getting a phone call. Hold on. Let's get this first before we get to Pat McAfee. Otherwise, we can listen to the <laughs> ringtone in my ear. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show, 608 Who's this? It's uh, David, but not from Monona. Oh, David. David, nice to hear from you. What's going on? Well, uh, sports shows seem to be saying that um, Jordan Love did not prove that he's the heir apparent to Favre and Rodgers, that he's not going to give them that level of quarterback play. That's a pretty high bar to start with. Well, in one game especially, Uh, yeah. But, you know, could he be Eli Manning? Could he be Alex Smith? Could he be a guy who's been a pretty good, consistent quarterback Maybe he's not the guy 
I mean, again, you just can't put them in a category of far the Rogers. It's totally ridiculous, totally unfair. And this is what's bothering me is that people are saying, is he ever going to be that good? Well, maybe not. But how many of the current crop of quarterbacks, if you look at the quarterbacks drafted in the first round over the last three years, how many of them can you look at and say, they would be a fit replacement for Farber Rogers. They could lead us the way these guys have to championships every year, to Super Bowls. I mean, of course, you talk about the kid from Kansas City, sure. Maybe the kid from San Diego, maybe. Mm -hmm. How many others? I just think it's too high a bar. And defense did him a lot of favors Sunday, but Special teams did him no favors. Offensive line did him no favors. No. Coaching, the play calling, no favors. Agreed. Give the kid a chance, man. I agree. So I, I'm I'm not ready to give up on this guy. Do I want Rogers back? Sure. Yeah. I'd like him to stop spouting what he's been spouting. But <laughs> yeah, just. Ease back a little bit, Aaron. Just let's calm down. Let's talk about football. I think that would help things. So, in short, expectations for love are just way, way too high and unfair. Yeah. I agree, David. This is, this is rational. This is common sense. I appreciate the call. I There you go. All right. Well, have a good day. That's what I was going to tell you next. Appreciate the call. That's David, not David, not David Monona. I'm glad you called in and you want to continue to talk about Jordan Love. I got a text about Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe we'll talk about that after the next break because he's a free agent. And there was a rumor today that maybe he wants to come to Green Bay. I don't know. I've seen this song and dance before, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to sing it. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to dance along. Anytime there's a rumor that some player wants to come to Green Bay. I mean, I'm come on. Hook, line, and sinker. You got me. The expectations with Jordan Love. I, I agree. Especially after one game. And we were just talking about Justin Fields. And over the commercial break, I pulled up his game log. So his first start came against the Cleveland Browns, which is in week three. His completions by game have been 6, 11, 12, 16, 22, 19, 17. Last night, he went 17 of 29, just under 300 yards. Not a great completion percentage, just under 60%, but a big average. He was pushing the ball down the field, creating big plays. He had a touchdown. Yeah, he had an interception, too. Um and he took a couple of sacks. But what I was saying about Justin Fields, every week I watch him, gets a little bit better. Now, he still makes rookie mistakes. He's still a rookie, and I don't think that's going away this year. I don't think most rookie quarterbacks ever get to a point in their first couple of games where they eliminate mistakes, right? You have to play and get experience to do that. But every week I see Justin Fields add in one more big play or one more play that makes me go, oh, there it is. That's why Justin Fields was a high prospect. That's why the Bears traded up to get him. That's why... He was so good at Ohio State. And every week he adds another play or two like that into the mix. And I'm thinking back to his first start against Cleveland where nothing went right. And they couldn't move the ball and he couldn't he couldn't deal with the pass rush. People, okay, so people forget this about Justin Fields, by the way, who we all really like. I really like. I think everybody should like. There's been some bad stuff too, but there's been plenty of good, like I said, and a little bit more good every single week. Against the Browns, he took nine sacks. Lost a bunch of yards, right? He didn't have any interceptions, didn't have any touchdowns either, but he just, he was getting hammered by the blitz. They only ended the game with six points. Jordan Love struggled with the blitz on Sunday too. Now, Jordan Love, I think, did a pretty good job of getting the ball out. 
a couple of plays. And Aaron Rodgers talked about this on McAfee today. Got out of the pocket, trusted his feet, which is what Rodgers told him before the game. We heard that from Love. We heard that from Rodgers today. When you think it's time to go, go, right? Trust your legs. And I think Jordan Love showed a good ability to deal with the blitz. And Justin Fields is getting better at dealing with the blitz too. His first start, he took nine sacks. And I don't think we came away from that game thinking, well, he doesn't know how to deal with the blitz. He's a fraud. He's not any good. He's not their future. And the NFL is such a week-to-week league where we don't even think about that Cleveland game anymore. Now we watch Justin Fields and we're like, all right, this guy might be the ticket. You know, if Jordan Love were to start six or seven straight games, how might our opinion change of him? Especially as Matt LaFleur learns a little bit more about how to coach the guy. And he gets a little bit more chemistry with Devontae Adams. A little bit more with Alan Lazard. He doesn't get to throw to the ones. Justin Fields now has been practicing with the ones for a couple of weeks. He's got game reps with the ones. And he's learning. Last night found Allen Robinson finally a couple of times. I don't know. I, I just think we're so quick to forget how bad Justin Fields looked in his first start. And we watch one start of Jordan Wolf and we're like, no, no, he ain't the guy. What are we, what are we doing? I'm with David. He might turn out to be no good. And Justin Fields might turn out to be no good, too. Maybe the team never figures out the system to put around him. Maybe he gets injured. Same with Jordan Love, right? There's a million different variables that can impact the trajectory of a young quarterback's career, no matter if they're drafted in top five or the top 10 or the first round or the second round, right? I don't know. Let's not cast off anybody. Let's not cast off Justin Fields. He looks a little bit better every week. Finding ways to make a bigger play every week, add a little bit more spice in every week. Yeah, the rookie mistakes are still there. But I'd like to think that if Jordan Love got six or seven straight starts by week five, six, seven, it's like, oh, now we're seeing these big plays a little bit more. Now he's looking a little bit more comfortable. Now he's got some chemistry with the players around him. I think what's happened to Justin Fields over the last two months, maybe a good reminder to keep in your brain when we think about Jordan Love. And I don't think anybody who's called or texted me has been uber negative on Jordan Love. I'm just saying, a good reminder, because the NFL is such a week-to-week league. Right, You play good one week, you're the MVP. You play bad, you suck. Um, and I think we experienced that with Jordan Love. And just look at the season of Justin Fields. It's an interesting trajectory, and I think Packers fans, we could learn something from it. 608-796-2558. You can call me like David did. You can text me at that same number. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. More Packers talk coming up next. I want to bring the Odell Beckham Jr. news into the mix, too, because he's a free agent. He cleared waivers, and he could sign even for the veterans minimum. Packers have about $4 million in cap space, so they could bring him in if you wanted to come in. Would you like to see that? OBJ in Green Bay, right? Of course. If you want to talk about it, give me a call, and we could talk about that as well coming up next. Jordan Love, OBJ. More Packers talk next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out at Wisco Grant on Twitter. The talk and text line 608-796-2558. We don't have to do the Aaron Rodgers thing today. I think we talked about him for a couple of days. He had his little episode or two on the Pat McAfee show and we heard his side of the story and we had some laughs and we moved on. He was on Pat's show today and I think he clarified some things and Talked about his plans for the Seattle game. Says, I think he's going to play. Maybe there's a small chance he won't, but that's about it. We're not really going to rehash everything that was said on Pat's show today. Um, We are going to talk with Mike Clemens in one hour. Hear a little bit from LaFleur and Adams and Jordan Love and hear about Mike's experience at the game 
in Kansas City this weekend. I wonder if Mike had better seats than Jordan Love's parents. Why don't that that can be the first question that we ask him? I would imagine just about everybody had better seats than uh, than Jordan Love's mom. Although I, I saw it was astutely pointed out on Twitter that you can't really blame the Packers for not getting Jordan Love's mom better tickets. They haven't had to fulfill a quarterback's family ticket request for uh, quite some time. That's an Aaron Rodgers family joke. Mad Mike texts in and says, uh, Justin Fields is a bear. Nothing to like. Well, here's the thing, Mad Mike. We There's a very twisted web we weave here. We got a lot of Bears fans that listen to the show. We got a lot of Vikings fans that listen to the show. Because I'd like to think that they like the show. Maybe they're not Wisconsin sports fans, but hey, we, we have a fun time every day, Mad Mike. This is, this is a good... I, I want to be a part of this, even if I'm not a Wisconsin sports fan. And if I lie... And I just spew hot takes and say, oh, Justin Fields sucks. He's the worst. Nah, nothing he does is ever going to be any good. Well, then I'm, I'm, I'm shooing that audience away. I want to involve them in the conversation. I got to be honest. Justin Fields showed some flashes last night. And he showed more flashes week by week by week. Also, Bad Mike, how dare you? How dare you? I'm a serious sports journalist. I have a responsibility to the truth. To be accurate. And to not be a hot take artist. I'm not a journalist, but I mean... If we're going to talk about how Jordan Love could one day be good, even though he wasn't great on Sunday, don't we have to say the same thing about Justin Fields? I know we poke fun at the Bears and the Vikings, and they keep losing, right? The the Bears and the Vikings fans know their teams aren't winning. The Packers can try Jordan Love for a week and have fun and do the weird COVID thing with literally zero fear of losing the division. We're not even to week 10 yet, and the NFC North is over. It's done, right? That doesn't mean we can't talk about Justin Fields and if he's any good or not, and what the Vikings should do, right? Fun to talk about. I don't just want to lie. Well, the Bears still suck. Well, that's not fun for anybody. Jordan Love, if he had six or seven starts in a row, the way that Justin Fields has had six or seven starts in a row now, I think we might see some similar things. Still rookie mistakes, still interceptions, still learning how to deal with the pressure and the pass rush, and Justin Fields holds on to the ball a long time. That was the book in him in college, right, coming out. He likes to hold on to the ball and always look for the big play. The caveat to that is when he has time and when they scheme up something that fits him, he can really zip the ball way down the field. And last night we saw that 16 attempts, um, 16 attempts more than 10 yards down the field. He completed nine of them. I said that backwards. I should have said nine of 16 when attempting passes more than 10 yards down the field, 225 yards and a touchdown and a fat completion percentage over expected 9.6. So he was completing passes that statistically shouldn't have been completed. He was making plays that were improbable. He was doing really good things. Average 15.7 air yards per attempt. That's the second most by any quarterback this season. So we're seeing Justin Fields finally, little by little, week by week, highlighting things that he's really good at. And another thing that we saw last night is him finally getting some chemistry with Allen Robinson and a little bit with Mooney as well. He's kind of starting to get on the same page as some of these guys. And I think if Jordan Love had half a dozen games in a row where he would get to start, I think we'd see some similar things. Now, Fields has a long way to go. Jordan Love has a much longer way to go. If we're talking about quarterback development. I think there are some interesting parallels. Marty, I'm sorry I'm only getting to this text now, but we've been doing the quarterback conversation. Let's uh, let's transition here. I'm all about switching topics, and we have a sound effect just for that. All right, let's shift to this. Yeah, let's talk about Odell Beckham. So he cleared waivers today. That means every team had a chance to claim him. And none did. And with waivers, right, the worst team gets the first chance. It's just like fantasy football, right? So the Detroit Lions, the Jaguars, right, who are the other really bad teams? The Texans, they get first crack 
And then if they passed it up, then the medium teams and then the really good teams. Nobody claimed him off waivers. So now he's a free agent. He can sign anywhere. He's got his pick of the litter. It was reported earlier today. Was it Schultz? Who reported it? Now I should look it up. Odell. Odell Beckham. Beckham Packers. Report. I think it was Jordan Schultz. There was a report. There was a report. It was Jordan Schultz. Look at my memory. Hell yeah. I had my cup of coffee right before the show. So Jordan Schultz reported earlier today, OBJ has prioritized the Packers as his number one destination should he clear waivers per sources. Now, I don't I don't know if that was a rumor to try to get some team to put in a claim for him. I don't know how the financials work. I don't know if Odell Beckham makes more if he's claimed or if he signs as an unrestricted free agent. I guess the team and Odell Beckham can work now to dictate their own terms financially because I think any team can pay him now as much as they want. I'm not I'm not sure. There must be some sort of incentive for OBJ to leak something like that. I don't know. Maybe it was to incentivize the team to claim him. I don't know. But no one did. And the Packers have been mentioned today with Odell Beckham. And Marty texted in a half hour ago. Sorry, Marty. He says, Odell can take his circus elsewhere. We don't need another clown. Get well, Aaron. I almost want to see more love. Marty, I, I disagree with you. If OBJ wants to come play in Green Bay, more than happy to have him. Not going to pay him anything. And he's not guaranteed anything, but I'd be more than happy to bring him in, right? This is what Bill Belichick has done for a long time with wide receivers. He waits for Randy Moss, Ocho Cinco, wide receivers like that to be at the end of the road, to wear out their welcome with one team, to be kind of out of options. And he'll say, hey, you can come join us. We'll pay you. We won't pay you a ton. And we're not guaranteeing you anything. But now that your ego is set to the side, and you have nowhere else to turn, come to come to Papa. Come on. Come on in. Come on in. We'll give you a home, and we'll make you great. I think there are elements to a potential OBJ Packers connection that are very Belichickian. Now I sound like Cowherd. Speak of the devil. All right, let's shift to this. Belichickian, right? We didn't want Odell Beckham five years ago, four years ago, but now that he's kind of been stripped down, he's got to prove himself again. I'd take him. Absolutely. One more pass catcher. 100%. That means you don't have to give Randall Cobb so much wear and tear throughout the season. You can kind of use him more sparingly. That would be great. You can continue to bring MVS back slowly and make sure that hamstring is really healed for the late season stretch run because let's face it, the division's wrapped up already. And you could probably use OBJ in some motion stuff, in some sweep stuff. I don't know. Can he return punts and kicks? Because <laughs> they need a guy for that too. Because Amari Rogers, I don't know. If tomorrow was a playoff game, are you really letting Amari Rogers return punts? After what we saw on Sunday, I don't know. I don't know if I'd trust him. Maybe OBJ would be a nice option to return punts, or maybe we just don't return punts. Don't even put anyone back there. Wherever the ball falls, we'll just start the drive there. I don't know. Bill Belichick showed us a blueprint for a long time with a bunch of different wide receivers. He'll wait until a player has had all their ups and downs, made their money, and put their ego aside. This is what Popovich did with the Spurs forever. He's always said, we want players who are over themselves. We want players who aren't all about themselves and aren't about making their money. We want players that have made their money, gone through life, the ups and the downs, dated the supermodel, maybe crashed that car one time, kind of gotten over it, and now they're, they're, they're kind of settling in. We want players who are over themselves. That's what the Spurs did for years, and that's kind of what the Patriots have done and Belichick has done with wide receivers for a long time. There are elements to both Popovich and Belichick in what could be a Packers-Odell Beckham reunion. 
I don't know if it'll happen. I guess it wouldn't be a reunion. It would just be a union. I don't know. It would fit the MO of Brian Gutekind so far this season, right? Well, if you're a veteran and you want to join us for peanuts and try to help us win a Super Bowl, absolutely. We'll take Whitney Merciless. We'll take Devondre Campbell. We took Jalen Smith for a week and a half. Why not? Like, Sure. This is why they didn't do the Stephon Gilmore deal is because they wanted to keep that extra five or $6 million of cap space to add random guys here and there rather than put all of their financial eggs in one basket. Although it was a great basket. Stephon Gilmore is a good basket if you're going to put your eggs anywhere. Now they can put a little here, a little there, and maybe Odell Beckham is a part of that. We'll see. Walter says, hey, Grant, OBJ drama seems to follow him wherever he goes. Will the drama stop on a team he enjoys being on similar to Antonio Brown? I don't know. I don't know that Antonio Brown now all of a sudden enjoys the team that he's on. Did he have a problem with the Raiders? I'm not sure. I just think Odell Beckham realized, or rather Antonio Brown realized, well, I beat up my girlfriend. I almost killed a toddler with a TV, and I did the hot air balloon thing, and I burned my feet off. Uh, I probably need to be on my best behavior if this team is going to keep me, right? If Antonio Brown stepped out of line and did something, the Bucks would cut him loose. He's at the end of his rope in that regard, right? And I think OBJ would be the same thing. Yeah, the drama might follow him, but I think OBJ realizes if I get to Green Bay and I start making noise, I'm out. And now if I've been cut by the Packers, is any team going to want me? Nobody claimed me off waivers, right? I'm not saying this is his last chance, but he hasn't been a high-level player in a while. He hasn't been healthy in a while. He's got to prove himself. I think that works for the Packers financially, situationally. I think it works for OBJ coming in, playing in what would be an established wide receiver three role, wide receiver two role, Behind Devontae Adams, maybe Lazard and, and MBS, and obviously playing with Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to the phone. 608 796 2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Short pants. Dave, you called before five o'clock. We don't often hear from you this early. This is great. What's going on? Well, I wanted to, I figured I wanted, I wanted to offend the four o'clock hour fans. Like, okay. I have too much fun offending all the eight to five. But hey, as far as OBJ, hell yeah, I want this clown. Big <laughs> Packer fans. Does the name Andre Risen ring a bell? Mm-hmm. I mean, the same kind of um, same kind of situation. If he comes on this team. If we just get fifty percent of his talent, is a lot better than one hundred percent of Alan what y'all, Alan Lazard. Yeah, and you know, Randall Randall Cobb's only there because you know, well, we don't know why he's there, but yeah, I'll take OBJ. And if he comes in and gives you fifty percent of of what is at best. Absolutely, because right now the Green Bay needs all the weapons they can get. Yeah. I wish they were spending more on defense because right now, man, it's I mean it's it's tough if we don't get back uh, you know Demarius Smith and Javier Alexander. Yeah. But uh, no, as far as as far as Rogers, I get a kick out of Rogers today. You know, people who fall for his crap, it's just it's hilarious because <laughs> he's backtracking. If he's on the Pat Magazine show because he's starting to lose money, he's starting to lose sponsorship. Yeah, he's starting to lose. That's why he's backtracking. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, I, I, I've had more friends tell me today, well, it's a personal choice, personal freedom. I say, no, it's not, because you don't get a personal choice when you're in a team sport, yeah. idiot. Yeah. There are no personal choices on a team sport. It's a team choice. And he got caught. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, short pants, he probably realized, well, I, I, no one's going to squeal on me. I'm Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah. you know, I hope he hit, hit the door on the way out. But, nah, but. I heard you this morning on the Evo show. I go, I damn near fell over because for the first time this year, you actually said something made sense. And I, what? I almost, I almost, I almost fell over when you talked about Aaron Rodgers as pretty much a piece of crap human being. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. Yeah, I. You know the thing that jumped out to me on McAfee's show today, Dave, is when he, he. I don't know if he apologized, but he said, "Look, 
I understand that some people were deceived by what I said. I understand, and if you were deceived, I take responsibility for that. And I'm like, nah, okay, he's only doing that now. Yeah, yeah, he's only doing that now because he got he got busted. That's not hey, really one, an one apology, though, right? That's not really no. an apology. That's his version of he's yeah. just def- he's just deflecting. But, hey, yeah. one final word on Badger basketball. Sure, I think were you the one that said that they shouldn't be playing um, Brad Davison? I, I, my God, I want give me give me give me ten Brad Davises right now because those freshmen they need somebody who's who's tough. He's about the only guy on that team right now, outside of Davis, who can who can score offense, defense, but you know knows the league, and you know gets down on the floor and is tough. So I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for Brad Davis. To play. Plus, well, of course, he knows where all the you know, free restaurants are and all the freebies are. But <laughs> yeah. I'm a big great guard. I'm a big great guard gear fan. I mean, I I can't stand Paul Chris. He's a clown. Oh. but I'm a big great guard fan. So I'm you know, I'm pulling for um you know Brad. I know you don't like Brad, but hey, it's all about winning and. Yeah. And if Brad can bring along these freshmen to get tough, yeah. I mean, it's unlike you. I mean, you, you, you're the guy who drinks Bloody Marys during the daytime. All so. right. And what do you know about what do you know about toughness? You know, there's vodka in Bloody Marys, Dave. The vodka is a very hearty alcohol. That's tough. That's tough guy stuff. I'm surprised you don't. I'm surprised you don't do margaritas at your lawn party. Nah, they give me a headache. Uh, which is, I guess, is that a sign of weakness too? Getting a headache from margaritas. I'm not a big margarita guy. You'd be pleased to know. Mimosas, yes. Yeah. Mimosas, yes. Margaritas, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I evil tells you dress up. You dress up for women's clothes, so it does say a lot about you. Where did that come from? All right, Dave, I got to take a break and let you go, but I liked your OBJ take. Thank you for that. I, okay. Why does no one like saying goodbye? I don't like hanging up on people. Have a good night, Dave. And then you say, yeah, you too. Talk to you soon. What is this? What is, please, let's have some manners. Dave, I appreciate the call. The Rogers thing, that's your take. The Bloody Mary slander is, is out of bounds. But I liked your OBJ take. Absolutely. Take OBJ. Absolutely. And since you brought up Badger basketball, I have a statement. I just have something I want to get out there. I want to put it out in the ether so as the season gets started, you know where I stand on a couple of things. I, I don't hate Brad Davison, um, but my Badger take, my preseason take, does kind of involve Brad Davison and the way that this team is structured. So why don't we talk about that coming up next, and we'll get back into the Packers after 5 o'clock. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, a couple of minutes before 5 o'clock. Big thanks to David Monona, David. Couple good calls so far. We got Scott on the line. Get to him in a second. Mike Clemens will join us at 5:30. I do have a Badger basketball take that I need to get out there on the record before six o'clock. If Scott wants to keep talking about the Packers, we're good with that. I'll find time to get my Badgers basketball take out at some point before six o'clock. Before we're done tonight, Scott, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, this is about Odell. Sorry, okay. no. Packers. No, hey, that's um, fine. Real quick comparison, um, I think if the Packers signed Odell, uh, a good comparison would be back in the day when Carl uh, Malone played for the Lakers. It's like, he's Carl Malone. you got to pick up Carl Malone. Whoever's got Carl Malone is, yeah. you know, team to beat. And it's like, yeah, you know, always you'd have Carl Malone on your fantasy team back when it just started as fantasy, but maybe he's not the same as he used to be. The other comparison I had was uh, – Barry Bonds. I had a keeper league where every year after he retired, we would think that he would come out of retirement. So 
you'd always have Barry Bonds on somebody's roster just buried for whenever he would come out of retirement and go play. Yeah. But it's like, you know, Barry Bonds, yeah, he was good for a while, but might get you some good fantasy stats here and there. But yeah, he never did come out and make himself something again. Carl Malone, yeah, he was never the same guy again. So Odell, you know, you pick up a lot of drama and maybe not a whole lot of production from him. So careful yeah. what you wish for. Yeah, that's a good take. Thank you, Scott. We do have to be careful what we wish for. Here's the thing with the drama, and and I get, I get. Well, first, well, first of all, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to talk about drama? We've had a quarterback talk about the woke mob now for the last four days. We, we're past drama. This team is a soap opera. Why, why are we worried about drama? That's just what I, across my mind. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You think Odell Beckham and little kicking that drama is going to derail this team? We've been talking about vaccinations and cancel culture now since Friday afternoon. What? what wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, I don't think we should talk about drama at all. But seeing you brought it up, Scott, and I think, was it David who brought it up earlier? It was Marty who texted in. Yeah, Marty. About drama. Odell Beckham doesn't have the luxury of being dramatic right now. This is going to be one of his last shots to latch on and actually contend and be a player in this league. Because if he signs with Green Bay and he pulls some crap, like, I don't know, go on a talk show and spew some really weird stuff, for example. I don't know. Just thinking outside the box. He doesn't have the luxury to do that. He didn't work in Cleveland. He wore out his welcome in New York. He really hasn't been a good player since before that Packers playoff game in 2016 when him and all the boys put on the Timberlands and went out on the boat. Remember that? And that's the, that's the time he punched the hole in the wall at Lambeau, right? It's been that long since he's been a really good player. Odell doesn't have the luxury of coming in and being a clown show. And the Packers know that. That's why the timing. Three years ago, OBJ didn't make sense for the Packers. But now, he's over himself. We talked about that with Belichick adding players at the end of their career. Popovich and the Spurs, the same way. We want players who are over themselves. They're over their own ego. They've done the thing. They've made their money. And now they just want to play football. And if Odell wants to play football and play a role on this team and be the second or third option, I'm sure the Packers will be more than happy to have him if he wants to come aboard. Let's take a break. We'll keep talking about this at some point, Badger Basketball. Mike Clemens coming up as well. First, an update from Zach Heilprin. There's some massive names, politicians. I mean, your name has been spoke by a lot of people. There, are you just, because you're like, a, hey, love will cure this thing. How are you not going to hold a grudge everybody? And do you know that you're probably never going to win an MVP again? That's probably never going to happen, right? I think that's, that's a legitimate statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed that we didn't deal the ball faster and call things that might show a little bit quicker for him. Um, and again, that's, that's on me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Humor. Humor is a powerful thing. Aaron Rodgers and I did a pretty good job on the Pat McAfee show today. Just de-escalating the situation a little bit. Let's everybody calm down, all right? I'm not trying to be an activist. I meant this. I didn't mean that. One part of the interview today on the Pat McAfee show, I don't necessarily want to get into it, but I found it a little bit. I don't know. I didn't love it. I guess he, he doesn't owe us an apology. He can do what he wants. I'd like him to apologize, right? Just out of principle. 
Like that line in Step Brothers where it's like, you touch my drum set and I want to hear that dirty little mouth of yours admit it. Like, I kind of want Aaron Rodgers to admit he lied about vaccines, but if he doesn't want to, that's fine. It's his problem, not mine. When he said, I understand that my words may have deceived some people, and to anyone who is misled, I take full responsibility. It's like, Aaron, okay, I, um, I get where you're going, but that's not really an apology. Like, it kind of is, but not really. I think of season two of Succession when Logan Roy just cold cocks Roman just right across the jaw. And the next day, he basically said, hey, uh, sorry, son, uh, but the things got a little weird last night. I didn't, I didn't even make contact, did I? You know, that doesn't sound like something I'd do. It's like, dude, you could have broken his jaw. But in his mind, right, he's able to kind of set that to the side. I think Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of the same. To anyone who might have been deceived by my words, not by me, by my words, I take responsibility. It's like, well, uh, they are your words, after all. Who else should be taking responsibility? Just say I'm sorry. Or, or you know what? Don't. It's your problem. That's the one thing that jumped out to me about the interview today. It's like that line from Step Brothers, right? I know you touched my drum set, and I want to hear your dirty little mouth admit it. Right? Apologizing, admitting it, I guess it doesn't change anything, but come on, Aaron. I don't know. I'm sorry. Two words. Men, we should be very good at apologizing, but then again, Aaron Rodgers has never been married, so that's a skill he's probably never had to hone. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens is going to join us in 25 minutes and update uh, and some stories and some anecdotes from what happened at Arrowhead this weekend. I wonder if Mike had better seats than Jordan Love's mom. I'm very interested. Um, Mike will probably be like, well, that's the thing. You know, I was this many feet from midfield and she was this many feet. He'll probably give us a really in-depth answer. I wonder if Mike's seats were... Uh, Truly better than Jordan Love's mom. We're going to keep talking about the Packers. OBJ, question mark, maybe. What do you think about that? I think there's some pluses. I don't know if there's a bunch of minuses, but you might feel differently. Hit me up, 608-796-2558. The talk and text line, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Big Joe. Big Joe, what's going on? Buddy, how are we living? Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm entertained by this OBJ thing. That was a nice spice up to the middle of the day. That's interesting. I am, I'm too, actually, buddy. Okay. I'm too, and actually, I had a really good day, and... Work was great. I had, I don't know if you saw any of my Twitters today, uh, one of my friends gave me some Sour Patch Kids candy, and she brought me a brownie, so that was really nice. All right. That sounds pretty good. That's a good day. I, my coworker gave me a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup today, so it sounds like we uh, we both got a little gift. Right. No, I like my friends at work, and I'm actually going to have dinner with a, with a couple of them tonight, so that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. You got thoughts on OBJ? Jordan Love, anything sports? I love hearing about your day, but any sports take before I let you go? Yeah, actually, like I said, I'm excited for OBJ. You know, they call me Big Joe Veek, so, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh. uh, I think he'd, he'd help the offense a lot. I think uh, it takes some pressure off Adams. It might open up the field. Yeah, it would open up the field a little bit maybe for uh, Randall Cobb, but it'll be a lot of fun, Grant. Yeah, I think it would be, too. Thanks for the call, Big Joe. I'm going to let you go. Have a good one. Absolutely, buddy. Positive vibes from Big Joe. Thanks for the call, man. Hope Madison is well and life is good. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. The pressure thing. Um, I, I don't know how many targets OBJ would get, theoretically. Right? He's not signing with the Packers. He's not even in Green Bay. We're just talking about this as an idea because, let's be real, two hours a night we talk about sports. Most of the stuff doesn't matter, right? Like, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, Jordan Love and what he could be in two or three years. It's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly like... Solving the gas crisis. 
most of this conversation is just fun and hypothetical. If Odell Beckham were to be on the Packers, and it's reported that maybe he's interested, Jordan Schultz reported that today, but it's always reported with free agents in Green Bay. Hardly ever happens. I don't know how much quantity he would get. I think there's maybe a flash factor. You get a young cornerback in the secondary, and he's, oh my gosh, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Meanwhile, Alan Lazard pops him, right? Or then Randall Cobb's able to sneak under and get a catch. I, I just think having one more option, one more body in the mix. Could he return punts? I don't know. Maybe that's the role they could use him in. They could use him as eye candy in some motions and in some sweeps. Now, that might take reps away from Amari Rogers, but then again, isn't this the last dance for trying to win a Super Bowl? Maybe developmental snaps for Amari Rogers, not exactly the biggest priority right now. Still like to get some, but then, hey, trust me, they got two games against the Vikings, one against the Lions, one against the Bears. There, there will be developmental opportunities. <laughs> take a little shot at our NFC North rivals. Bob Stock texts in and says, I haven't heard anyone bashing Kevin King the last few weeks. He was the top-graded defensive player this week. Six targets for 21 yards. Yeah, other than the dropped interception, Kevin King's had a really good two weeks. He's been good. And Packers fans will probably never give him credit because he's a bit of a meme, but he's been good. And it's good to have him healthy because the Packers are a better team with all of their options healthy. Even if we don't love Kevin King, they could certainly be doing worse at that position. They could be playing Isaac Yadam or whoever. I guess Josh Jackson isn't around anymore, but you get my point. Jeff in Eau Claire. One game doesn't make a career. Hey, absolutely. Troy Aikman was 1-16 in 16 his first year. Peyton Manning threw 25 interceptions. Uh, just things to keep in mind. I think he threw 26, Jeff. Not to correct you, and normally I wouldn't care, but I, I think I looked it up yesterday. I think it's 26, so it's even worse than you remember. Actually, you know what? We're going to look it up. I think it might have been like 28. Peyton Manning interceptions. I'm putting my research department on this. Hold on. Rookie year. Was it like 28? Yeah, he threw 28. Jeff, it's even worse than both you and I remember. Yeah, absolutely. One game does not make a career. We're seeing that with Justin Fields. I saw a couple of more flashy plays last night. He's getting some chemistry with his wide receivers. He's getting a little more comfortable. Absolutely, absolutely. Odell Beckham, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, I guess if you want. Everything's on the table for conversation. Let's go back to the phones. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, it's Ryan calling, Grant. Ryan, what's up, brother? Hey, I'm I'm doing well. I'm searching for cars right now, but I, I had to turn on the airwaves here to take a little break and uh, just wanted to, uh, yeah, I, I, you just mentioned Kevin King a little bit ago. This guy needs some props. He played one whale of a game. I think Packers fans struggle to give him credit because we can't get, well, a couple of things, right? It was him or T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt's really good. And we can't get the NFC Championship game out of our mind. And then he dropped an interception, but down in and down out, he's been really good, and he's a good, healthy option. You want depth in a secondary, right? The more options you have, the better. I'm with you. We need to give Kevin King some props, even if it's hard. Definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the, it's, it's water under the bridge at this point. It still doesn't hurt nearly as bad as Brandon Bostick's uh, bombastic blunder, yeah. if you pardon the alliteration there in well 2015. Done. Well done. Um Gosh, but yeah, Chris Barnes also. There's so many players on the defense, and the whole unit as a whole is starting to look like a potential top five defense. And should Jordan Love have to start against the Seahawks? I, I think. I mean, people just need to calm down. He showed such great resiliency in pressure, mm-hmm. facing pressure in the pocket, and still just delivering the ball. And even though he wasn't put in the greatest situations by LaFleur, he was just so even keel in his press conference. There are so many of those kind of intangible 
not on the surface qualities Jordan Love has. I think so. Aaron Rodgers is upset throwing tantrums whenever something goes wrong on the field all the time. Yeah. Jordan Love doesn't do that. That's yeah. why they traded up to get him. I think maybe this whole vaccine situation maybe gives us a little peek into why Gudikins is like, you know what, maybe we should we should get another guy in here. Maybe we should have an option in case at some point this thing goes sideways. I'm not saying it's because mm-hmm. he wouldn't get vaccinated, but there's just some things with Rodgers, I think, that now we see examples of where maybe behind closed doors they're like, this guy's maybe a little fruity. Might not hurt to have another option yeah. waiting in the wings. I'm with you on that. I definitely – I was watching that Denver game too this week, and I'm just like, okay – Let's get Jonathan Cooper. Let's get uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah. And uh, a, a few, uh, like, four, like, two ones and two twos or something. Yeah. Let's get a haul. I don't know. Get a lot of talent. Rebuild that defense even more. Maybe get another stud wide receiver to help out Jordan Love if he's the guy or whoever oh, yeah. else they get back. Judy. I'm, absolutely, yeah. Get Judy. I mean, A.J. Hamler. Tim Patrick, a lot of those guys. I'd take any of those options. I'm with you. Ryan, I got to let you go. We got to move on. I appreciate you reaching out. And if Odell Beckham does end up joining the Packers, you got to call. We got to talk about it. Okay, sounds good. Hopefully not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want him? You don't want him? Uh, I don't know. I if he's, if he's ready to play football, like you said, and not, sure. like, hit his head on a, a ball net, I'd be okay. But, <laughs> it, yeah, his drama is nothing compared to this Aaron Rodgers stuff. But at least he – tried to de-escalate the situation but yeah saying i'm sorry wouldn't be hard yeah it's it's easy but then again he's not in well i guess he's with shailene woodley but if he was married if he had a family men get very good at saying i'm sorry uh and that's That's a a good point yeah Yeah. maybe he hasn't learned thanks ryan have a good one you too see you soon brother yeah ryan in on alaska yeah first of all i gotta keep i gotta gotta keep bringing this up because i didn't even think about this and everybody's talking about odell beckham and the drama and the drama dude (laughs) that's nothing compared to what rogers has been doing Rodgers on the Friday before the game is going on Pat McAfee's show and talking about Joe Rogan and this and that. What do you mean drama? Why are we afraid of drama? This whole team is a soap opera right now. I didn't even think about that until, um, was it Scott brought it up? Yeah, right before 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's funny. That that drama, Odell Beckham's drama is, uh, what is it, uh, pennies to peanuts or pe- pe- dollars, to, dollars to dimes to pe- pe- Who cares? You get it. Tyler tweets in and says, if the Packers were able to pick up OG, OBJ, I feel he'd be a higher upside version of AB with the Bucks last year. I also like that he's not a domestic abuser. That would be a nice plus. Doesn't mean he'd contribute significantly, but we'd have plenty of opportunity if all goes well. All right, Tyler, let's go big picture. Zoom out. I think we've learned two things about the NFL in the last two years. The Bucks are a good example. The Chiefs, when they won their Super Bowl, are a good example as well. I think depth in the secondary is really, really important. Wide receiver depth is huge. I think this season and next season and the season after, we're going to start to realize, holy smokes, number three wide receiver is really, really important because the Chiefs had Hill. They had Kelsey. Who'd they lose? They lost Sammy Watkins. Nicole Hardman, really not up to snuff. And they're bringing in Josh Gordon, and they're trying to figure it out. Number three wide receiver, really, really important. Antonio Brown is huge for the Bucks, And I know to Packers fans, we have one stud wide receiver, and we think, oh, my God, they got Evans, they got Godwin. You know, Antonio Brown, their number three guy, really sneaky important to them. Depth in the wide receiver position is really, really important. Odell Beckham Jr. probably wouldn't come in and put up huge numbers. I wouldn't be scrambling to add him in fantasy. But if you have Adams, and then Lazard, and then MVS, okay, you got a nice little core. Adams is your number one guy, and MVS has got the speed, and he can do a lot of things. And Lazard is just a workhorse and blocking and, and does a lot of good physical things. And then you sprinkle OBJ in there. Well, now we got a nice little quartet going on. I 
like this. And Amari Rodgers is young, and Randall Cobb is the wily old vet that you can trust in big moments. And we got some depth. I think wide receiver depth is something that we're realizing is really, really important. I think we're going to even continue to realize it more as we have more data and more examples. Another place that depth is really, really important is the secondary. The Browns, great example of this right now. The Browns aren't an otherworldly defense. They got great pass rush, Miles Garrett, and I love uh, Isaiah, uh, what's his name? Osuu Koromoa, is that his name? Something like that. The Notre Dame backer, he's great. They're rookie. It's really good. They got guys who fly around, but you know why Cleveland's defense is really good? Is all the depth in the secondary. They drafted Greg Newsome, uh, Denzel Ward, but then they have Greedy Williams and they have Hill. Just a lot of options. So when they play the Bengals, who have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, T.J. Uzama, who's been really good, and Jamar Chase, well, the Browns can come in and say, hey, yo, we got options. We got a lot of bodies we can move around to find matchups we like and handle things. Look at what the Bucks did in the playoffs last year. Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting. They had uh, some great safeties. Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm really racking my brain right now to try to remember everyone. There's someone I'm forgetting. The corner from Auburn. From Auburn. Auburn. Come on, Grant. Bucks corner. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to derail the show for this. I need to remember. Bucks corner. I'm going to look at the talking text line, and everybody's going to be texting me about it. This guy from Auburn. What the heck is his name? And why can't I remember it? Wasting time, I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Cornerback Jamel Dean. Uh, what the heck is this guy's name? Somebody text me and tell me what it is. Richard Sherman. Carlton Davis. That's it, the Auburn guy. Depth in the secondary, lots of options. The Browns defense is showing us that now, too. The Packers could have that. If they got Jair back and Eric Stokes back and Kevin King and Rasul Douglas, who's performed admirably, and they got two safeties they really like, depth in the secondary. Depth in the wide receiver position. Two really important positions have lots of options. And I think OBJ would go a long way for the Packers in that. And I think that already adding Rasul Douglas and hopefully getting Jair back, a shot in the arm, a shot of depth at both position groups, really, really important. And I think the last two years have shown us how important those two position groups are to have options. And I think we're going to continue to emphasize that moving forward as we watch which teams are able to contend uh, and make it deep into the playoffs like the Bucks. Maybe the Browns. I don't know. Faker gets it in gear. Let's take a break, talk a little bit more about the Packers, and then we'll line everything up and we'll get Mike Clements on the horn and chat with him for about 20 minutes at 530. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show Mike Clemens going to join us in about eight or nine minutes. I'm struggling, so I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to go to the bathroom because I really have to go. And once I take a break, then I'm going to have to talk to Mike over the break and get all of our little sound bites organized. And I won't have time. Really backed myself into a corner here. I guess there is an empty bottle on the desk. That's always an option. 608-796-2558. The talk and text line. You can tweet me, follow me. At Wisco Grant. Some really good input on this OBJ thing. <laughs> the mayor in New Claris. Shut up. He says, hey, Grant, you just look up whatever you got to look up for your show, man. Sorry, I had a brain fart. I couldn't remember Carlton Davis. It's very important. He's their number one corner when he's healthy. That's information we need. We couldn't possibly proceed to the next part of the show without me first Googling that. Uh, thank you for the text. 
Absolutely. I guess the two big items today as they relate to the Packers. Last night, the Bears played, and Justin Fields, I think, took another small step in his progression. He still makes rookie mistakes, and there's still times where he is figuring it out, especially dealing with pressure. We talked about this yesterday, right? That's what separates good NFL quarterbacks from great NFL quarterbacks, or good from terrible, right? That's the line of demarcation. How do you handle it when the pressure starts to collapse around you or the pocket doesn't hold up so well? Can you improvise? Can you make do, right? Can you deal with it to at least a certain degree? No quarterback is going to be perfect and amazing under pressure, but can you handle it okay, right? Can you stave it off? Jordan Love, not so much. I think in moments he did fine, but not at the level the Packers needed him to be, at least not against the amount of zero blitz that he faced on Sunday. Justin Fields, if you'll remember, took nine sacks in his first career start, right? Now, Jordan Love, against the pressure, might not have been good. Ball wasn't accurate, and he had a lot of just uncatchable throws, just getting it out of his hand, and maybe they went out of bounds. Justin Fields, completely different in his first start. He just took sacks. He just kept looking. He just kept trying to figure it out, and he took sacks. Two very different ways to handle the blitz, both bad, both not great. I think I would rather have Jordan Love, who can at least get away for a sack, make a throw, Um, And obviously, I'm not saying that Jordan Love is better than Justin Fields. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jordan Love's start probably isn't as bad as most people think. I listened to Cowherd's lead today, and it just didn't make any sense. He was talking about how Jordan Love looked terrible, and the Packers staff obviously didn't trust him. I was like, what game did you watch? I think they trusted him too much. They put too much on his plate. I thought it was very weird, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, football fans are insane, and football is very much a week-to-week league in that if you play good one week, you're MVP. And you're on this upward trajectory of being the greatest player ever. Remember two or three weeks into the season on Monday Night Football, I think the Chargers played, was it the Raiders? It was at home. It was a Monday night game. And it was the game where there was a thunder delay, which makes no sense given that SoFi Stadium has a roof. But, okay. And I remember Adam Schefter was filling time saying, hey, I'm confident Justin Herbert's a Hall of Famer already. It's like, Adam, you say like 15 starts, dude. What are you doing? Quarterback plays great for two weeks, and we want to crown him. And then they play poorly for one week, and we want to bury him and say that he's bad. He'll never be good. And I think Justin Fields now has shown us a little bit more every week, tiny little bit more every week, mixing another big throw here. Ooh, there's a flashy play with his legs, and those big plays are happening with a greater frequency. If Jordan Love starts six, seven, eight games in a row, I think the connection with Devontae Adams would get better as Fields' connection with Allen Robinson has gotten better. We saw them connect a couple of times last night, including on a really nice deep ball. Jordan Love probably just needs a little bit of time. We can't judge him yet, and I think it's ridiculous that people are saying, well, the future after Aaron Rodgers looks grim. Man, we don't know. Stop that. The game wasn't good on Sunday, but you want to talk about next year, the year after? I might not even be alive next year. None of us might be alive. world's going to hell quickly. Going to hell in a bucket, to quote Bob Weir and uh, the Grateful Dead. Great song. The other story of today is OBJ. He cleared waivers. He's a free agent. And it was reported, at least by Jordan Schultz, that he's really interested in the Packers. His report was that it's the number one preferred destination, which is a little bit of a weird leak. I don't know if there's financial incentive for him to be claimed. There's freedom in free agency, but maybe there's more money in being claimed by a team, even if it's not a team of his choice. Maybe that's why that leak was dropped. I don't don't know. Maybe some team dropped that. Maybe the Bears dropped it, or maybe the Bucks or the Rams said that because they don't want to bring in OBJ, but they don't want him to go to the Packers. So they said, oh, the Packers are going to get him if he reads free agency. Somebody claim him, and that benefits an NFC rival. I don't know. 
And maybe it'll come up with Mike. I don't want to derail our conversation to the point where it becomes the OBJ thing with Mike because obviously he wants to talk about Sunday and Jordan Love and everything going on in Green Bay, and I get that. Two things I want to emphasize. Number one, if OBJ comes to Green Bay, he's not going to play a huge role. He's going to be an option. And I think the last couple of years, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers have shown us you got to have depth at wide receiver. Antonio Brown might be the most important wide receiver on the Bucs. Sammy Watkins might have been one of the most important players on the Chiefs a couple of years ago. They haven't been able to replace him in that number three wide receiver spot since Sammy Watkins left town. Tried with McCole Hardman. It's not really working. Tried other guys. Hasn't really been the ticket. That's the number one reminder with OBJ. Number two, for everybody that wants to make this about drama, the Packers don't want his drama. The Packers are all drama right now. This team is a flipping soap opera. It's days of our lives. Green Bay edition. Aaron Rodgers is talking about vaccines and this and that and the other thing. And Jordan Love's mom is sitting in the top row and the special teams suck again. And Joe Barry is playing with guys off the practice squad. And it's the last dance and everybody's talking about it on social media. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is talking about his buddy Joe Rogan doing radio hits the Friday before a game. It's like, what? (laughs) This team is already a soap opera. What's one more storyline? What's one more? uh, It's like when... uh, uh, what's the character from The Sopranos when he gets out of jail? Not even Richie Aprile, although that would work too. Belushi. No, Steve Buscemi. That's the name I'm looking for. When Steve Buscemi joins The Sopranos a couple of seasons in. He's like, what are you talking about? This is already a giant gong show. You're telling me Steve Buscemi's going to knock this thing off the rails? Or Richie Aprile, although he tried, to be fair. What's one more? This team's already a soap opera. I wouldn't be obsessed over drama. This team's already got plenty of it. I don't think a little more is going to do too much damage. Let's take a break. We'll get Mike Clements on the horn. Maybe he'll want to talk a little bit about OBJ, but we certainly want to talk about what happened on Sunday. Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, Kansas City. The inside scoop from someone who I would imagine sat closer to the game than Jordan Love's mom. Mike Clements, our insider for the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network, will join us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Obviously, you never know when the opportunity is going to come, and I got it today, and not being able to go win that game. And uh, obviously, we had a lot of chances on offense. Defense played a really good game, uh, gave us a lot of chances, and I think that's what's most disappointing is I wasn't able to execute, and uh, as a team, you know, we weren't able to go finish and get some more points on the board early. Um, and it was just too little too late at the end, so it is very disappointing. Disappointing. Jordan Love talking about UWL coming up short against Whitewater on Saturday. No. No, the Packers and the Chiefs. Very similar games, actually, weirdly. UWL was right there at the finish. The Packers had a million chances to finish against Kansas City, too, and put some points on the board. They squandered a lot of those chances, and they lost a winnable game, albeit with a backup quarterback. You got to see some valuable Jordan Love minutes. It's a weird little side quest in the midst of the season. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We are now joined by Mike Clements, who was in Kansas City this weekend. He does nothing but work and listen and report on things happening in Green Bay. Mike, I got to ask you to start. Were your seats better than Jordan Love's mom's seats at Arrowhead on Sunday? Uh, well, we were in the press box, so it was windy out there. So I imagine that uh, she and Jordan's girlfriend got a little windburn on the face there. Uh, it was a beautiful day. Thank goodness it was warm and 72 degrees, not like a cold, damp, you know, yeah. a normal November day and all that. But, uh, no, I mean, man, we're sitting in the press box, and you got monitors and 
stats and you know PR people hand you stuff, and it's a pretty cool way to see a football game. Yeah, Jordan, it's just the shots, those pan shots. It's just like, man, they're at the top of the mountain. And I've sat in the last row of the stadium before. I went to see Jimmy Buffett and the Eagles at Target Field a couple summers ago. We were the last row in the top deck. Like, my back was against the fence. Uh, but I'm also not the parent of one of the members of the band, right? So I was able, like, that was fine for me. It was funny to see how high she was sitting. Yeah, what is that the game you expected when you left Arrowhead? What, what were you thinking? Is that about what you expected to see? I, no, I was a little surprised. honestly, I thought that they would figure out a way to make it more productive for Jordan Love. And, um, and I, you know, for Matt LaFleur to say, um, oh, this is on me. I don't think he's protecting a young quarterback. I think he's being accurate. Yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, Zach Cruz put on a thing today. He said, out of 34 plays, 14, they were, um, you know, they were blitzing him. He was under a heavy blitz. I don't know if they, it's like Robert Tunyon is another target, and that they're trying to figure out, refigure out their offense. You thought that DeGuara would fill that in. Why couldn't they come up with formations where they had one extra guy in the backfield to, to as for pass protect yeah. to help love. Why didn't they use the middle of the field? Why did they keep on making him throw those long balls outside so either Devontae was going to catch it or sail safely out of bounds, but at least it wouldn't be picked off? For three quarters, they worried about protecting the ball rather than scoring points. To me, that's the way it looked. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of empty. I would have been surprised if Aaron Rodgers was in the game and they ran that much empty. I, and I guess score is, is a part of that. They were playing from behind in the third and the fourth quarter. I thought it was weird going at the sideline. If the Chiefs are going to empty the can and rush everybody and, and leave everyone on an island, why are you playing at the sideline? The sideline's an extra defender for Kansas City. I agree. Not Matt LaFleur's best game. I'm with you there. By the way, Grant, that thing about Jordan and his mom and his girlfriend up there in the euchre seats. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he actually was asked about that during the, the press. Or I don't know if you heard that in the post-game press conference. He said, hey, man, what do you say? What do I got to say? It's, we're the visitors. It's the NFL. Like, you know, this is yeah. this is the reality. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can afford, you know, sweets for their, for their family. But yeah. we did talk to Jordan right after the game. Really good access and, and, uh, and a question and answer. Uh, Sunday night after the game about, so what's your reaction? What did you think about your first NFL start? Um, obviously not good enough. Um, I think uh, we start off a little slow. I start off a little slow personally. Got into a bit of a rhythm later. Obviously it was too late. Um, yeah, it's not good enough. Well, there's nothing like the real thing. And when they're bringing pressure on you on third down, you know, your runs are working great, good position. <laughs> After a couple of you know being exposed to this a few times, did you just feel a little more confident back in the pocket to get over the football, find different targets? Yeah, I think uh, we started having a better answer in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're bringing it all out, they're heating us up, and uh, we just weren't able to execute on those plays that we had against it. You know, I think all it took was maybe one uh, big play against it, and it wouldn't have been coming as much. Uh, obviously, we didn't weren't able to execute it, so that's why they kept bringing it. First of all, great follow-up question, Mike. Props. And I was listening to the presser on Sunday night, and I was like, ooh, there's Mike. Can't wait to talk to him on Tuesday. I think Jordan Love could have done worse against the Blitz. Could have thrown a bunch of picks. I remember Justin Fields' first start. He was bad against the Blitz, too. He took nine sacks. So I think in all the outcomes, all the possibilities, he actually did fine. I think it could have been worse against the Blitz. But ideally, he's just not blitzed that much. The Packers would have been a little smarter about the way they went about that. And LeJarrius Sneed, who knocked away 
that ball that should have been a touchdown to Randall Cobb on the right-hand side of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And then later got the pickoff of Devontae when, you know, Jordan Love threw a ball that was a little too high and a little too inside while Devontae's running the goal route. And so Sneed was able to make a nice catch and pull it in and get that uh, that interception out of the game. Mm-hmm. Sneed said, hey, man, I we knew what they were running from that formation. Yeah. I knew what routes were coming based on film study. That's why I could make those anticipations. So there again, that gets back to some of the stuff that LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett drew up for this particular game. And then and then we talked to LaFleur about, about Love's performance and after he had reviewed the game film on Monday morning back in Green Bay and what he thought about some of the fan reaction to Jordan Love's performance. It's one of those things, I think, anytime you, you go into a game like that in that type of atmosphere, you need all ten guys around him to play at a high level. You need us as coaches to put them in position to go out there and play at a high level. I think there's going to be some negativity that gets unfairly cast on him. You know, he's a very even keel guy, and that's that's what you want. You want a guy that is not going to get too high or too low and is just going to go out, go out and play and take it one play at a time. And I just thought he showed just a great toughness to, to stand in there because a lot of quarterbacks, when you're repeatedly getting hit, they're looking to get out of the pocket, and I, I, I didn't I didn't feel that from him. I thought that Jordan Love, at times, knew when to trust his feet, as Aaron Rodgers told him, to escape the pocket. And then that that completion of Mercedes Lewis that was no gain, I was like, whoa. I, it was the weirdest play ever, but I, weirdly, I think Jordan Love might have gotten some valuable reps. It's like, oh, when there's three guys in your face, here's what to do. He got some reps in that situation, which I guess isn't ideal, but maybe a good learning experience. Well, I... I... I, there's a, this anger, this yeah. forced frustration about Jordan Love. And it's like, what are you doing? It's his first game. Mm-hmm. And I try and go back to that, and it's like, well, people are still ticked off that the team used a first-round pick and traded up to do so to get a quarterback when they should have gotten Aaron Rodgers a receiver, where sure. they should have got another linebacker, you know, something other than another quarterback. But... Uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers would have liked for them to see if, hey, just give Tim Boyle another one-year, two-year extension until we get the Super Bowl thing out of the way. I don't know if that if they could have afforded to do that. But at the same time, look what's happening once again in the National Football League by midseason. You know, look at the, look at how the Panthers went out and got a former top first-round pick in Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. and now he's stinking it up with three interceptions two or three years into his career. You know, the Bears gave Trubisky three years to find out that he was only going to be a backup. And the fact that they passed up on Patrick Mahomes, I think that there's lots for him to learn. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is learning every week when he's with the Jaguars, and he's a pretty sharp cat with a great record for accuracy. You know, Love can make some all-wild plays, some off-schedule plays, like he did in his first NFL start. And then there's some basic ones that he's still missing, and those are things he's going to have to work on. Yeah. And so it will take time. And, you know, that's the whole plan here. This was the whole plan going back two or three years ago. Um, Kenny Clark left the game with a back injury. Don't know what, how that's going to be. Eric Stokes, pregame. I asked LaFleur what happened there, and he said he was jumping up to catch a ball, came down, landed on his knee funny. Mm. Doesn't think it's, quote, long-term, but now you're down another defensive back like that. So, you know, he had brought in Kevin King who on a crucial play 
when the Chiefs are trying to just get a first down to hold on to the win, or at least the 13-7 to lead, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if they showed this on TV, he rolled to his left and was good trying to get the ball to Kelsey for the first down, but he was being jammed by number 20, Kevin King. Mm-hmm. So Mahomes had to do a Mahomes thing and go all the way back to the right side, found Tariq Hill alone, got that 13-yard gain, and then they were able to you know clock the game after that. Yeah. That was Kevin King doing a positive play. And then there, then there's the you know the other elephant in the room, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Oh boy! So <laughs> last Friday, before I got on the plane to Kansas, I was off the clock. I was at a friends and family gathering, and a dear friend had passed away after a two-year battle with cancer. This is why people say cancer sucks. Mm-hmm. And I get out of that, and I turn on your show. I start streaming in the car because I got about a two-hour drive back to get to the airport and get to Kansas City. And and I, I my jaw drops as you're saying, oh my gosh, you know, listen to the stuff that Roger said today about COVID and you know that he did, why the media didn't follow up on questions last August and blah yeah. blah blah. So I want people to understand. Here's some clips of people that have worked alongside Aaron Rodgers day after day for two or three years, and these are interviews not recently. This is from a year ago. Remember Joe Callahan, one of the backup quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did a feature piece that ESPN did, and he was asked about the time that he was invited by Aaron Rodgers' house for a barbecue. My rookie year, he invited us over for a little barbecue at his house, and then midway through the night, he broke out his karaoke microphone, which ranks how well you sing the song. You know, that, that turned from... You know, just a fun little barbecue to us competing over karaoke. And I would definitely double-check the calibration on that microphone because his scores seemed a little too high that day. Wait a minute. So I've never heard this before. By the way, Joe Callahan, Division Three legend at Wesley, and a Mike McCarthy punchline. I got a lot of time invested in Joe Callahan. Is he saying that Aaron Rodgers had a rigged karaoke machine to make himself sound better? He's saying... Didn't this happen to you when you were, like, 14? Yeah. And there was some kid in the big house at the end of the block, you know, like from the rich family in, to, in town? Oh, yeah. And the kid maybe wasn't so good at, you know, your pickup baseball game, your pickup touch football game, but he said, hey, Grant, come on over to the horse and let's play Madden. Let's do this. And you realize that he's just looking for a patsy, you know, yeah. because he's, he's really good at something. I don't know, shooting billiards, what, what, throwing darts, anything, mm-hmm. you name it. And he's just looking for somebody to beat. So that's what Callahan is saying. He comes over, he brings you over to his karaoke machine, and then he's got the settings adjusted so that this thing that counts points. I've never seen a karaoke machine that does that, but apparently it, it scores how you did hit the notes. And, uh, yeah, he went to Seneca Wallace. Remember him? And they talked to Graham Harrell. They talked to Brett Hundley. Seneca Wallace, who was a backup quarterback there for a cup of coffee in Green Bay, says, you know, you're hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. He invites you over to the house. And he's concerned that the smoke... That that white smoke from from jet trails, mm-hmm. maybe that maybe that spreads cancer. Oh boy! We definitely had some conversations that were a little out there. He's always thinking the crazy conspiracies, and so he's like, "Hey, what do you think? All that stuff is flying behind that jet stream. Do you think that you know has anything to do with maybe why everybody's getting cancer? That's just kind of his attitude. That's the way he's you know wired." could go from talking about football that to talking about conspiracies about you know who built the pyramids and 
You know, the, it, there wasn't just one subject that we talked about. Who does he think built the pyramids? You know, I mean, that's an in-house conversation we can't reveal. <laughs> but a key, and Aaron Rodgers would say, well, I'd keep that between me and Seneca Wallace, as if that's like, <laughs> that's what he would say in a presser, right? It's like, dude, well, you can he, say, but that's something yeah, you I mean, keep you private. Know, this is stuff that Aaron's into. Like, maybe, how could those guys have actually built the pyramids without the help from aliens and UFOs? Of that's course. Yeah. That's one of the books he's been reading. Or Brett Hundley, you know, NFL journeyman at this point. What was he, a six-round pick back in the day for Green Bay? Mm-hmm. Um, he was asked, what was it like to deal with Aaron Rodgers after the Packers had a loss? Uh, he didn't like losing at all. I really hope Aaron watches this because I think the biggest thing that we had a battle was our body types, especially mine. You know, I like to be very fit, six-pack, you know, looking good, trim. Yeah. And Aaron, his body body fat percentage was, was through the roof most of the time when I was there. But I think that was the biggest struggle for Aaron. So, like, Aaron now, you know, if you watch this, man, I hope your body percentage fattens down. <laughs> you can tell it's really important to Aaron. This is funny. What special is this from? I want to watch this. It's a feature that ESPN ran on their pregame show one Sunday last October. Uh. And I could, I mean, I I was doing a double, I was in the hotel room getting ready to pack up and, and go to the game. And I, I did, I couldn't believe that they got all these guys. And sure, you know, maybe there's a little bit of sour grapes, but Whatever, they're all taking their shots, you yeah. know, at Aaron, having some fun with it. But um, it, for some reason, it got buried. I don't know why that story got buried. I found that very interesting, don't well, you? Well, yeah, I, I'm a Fox pregame guy. I like my Terry, Howie, Michael, and Jimmy, so that's probably why I missed out on that. Maybe I saw it at the time, and I just didn't think anything of it. But now my antennas are up with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe, it, maybe I've just been not paying attention, or maybe I've been asleep at the wheel as a Packers fan, but... Now when he's asked about whatever and this and that, it just seems like he's looking for a platform or looking for an opportunity to sound smarter and more contemplative than everyone else. And I, I don't know, that can wear on, that can wear on teammates. That can wear on people, right? Listen, and, there's the old yeah. Don Henley song, Dirty Laundry, you know, kick them when they're up, kick, kick them, them when they're down. down. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. You know, Tom Brady survived the flake gate mm-hmm. and uh, avocado ice cream, right? You know, I mean, yeah. things where he gets to be a little eccentric, but whatever he does to, to be a competitor. Aaron Rodgers, I've gone to his hometown. I've talked to you about talking to his coaches, talking to his teachers, you know, always the smartest kid. He's one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. But he's made some serious mistakes now. He goes on to a show like Pat McAfee, a former player, uh, basically another millionaire who went out to Best Buy and bought a bunch of equipment to get his own show. Great, fine. They're yeah. having fun. And then he gets into a very serious topic like COVID, and the next thing you know, he's got sponsors like Purveya Health and Green Bay dropping him because you've, you've stepped over the line. Yeah. This is delicate information. And now today he's sort of backtracking. In the meantime, you know, Matt LaFleur's got a game to win, and he's going to go with Rodgers if he gets him back on Saturday. Aaron will be doing his, you know, his prep via Zoom and following the guidelines until he's cleared and has a negative test. Jordan Love will be running all the practice sessions this week. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to be cleared to go now from Pete, what Pete Carroll said last night, back from that surgery after you know, completely uh, twisting up his middle finger. Mm-hmm. And you know, so we'll have some kind of a game. No doubt, plenty to watch. Uh, and, and I want players to be open and honest, 
but I think, you know, I don't know, Grant, I just came from the dedicating that beautiful Walnut Street Bridge in Green Bay to Bart Starr. Yeah. And I think about how Bart Starr carried himself for 50 years as a player, as a former player, as a head coach, as a former, you know, Packer. And how did he go all those years without avoiding this kind of stuff? Yeah. And, and still be open and honest about it? Be more like Bart, okay? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, do you think, something that I didn't think about, do you think what Aaron Rodgers did going on McAfee, and I'm not trying to put you in a bad spot, I know you speak with Aaron Rodgers, but I can't imagine that LaFleur and company appreciated him going on the McAfee show and doing that on Friday. They played less than 48 hours later. You know what I mean? Like, that's just creating a story where one doesn't need to exist. Another distraction when Jordan Love's trying to make his, his first ever career start. So while I'm listening to your show Friday afternoon, yeah, and all this stuff is coming out, the next thing I do is I turn my phone on because, like I said, I'd, I'd been in a church. I'd been at a luncheon at a funeral. Mm-hmm. I've still got the suit and coat and tie on. I turn on my phone. It blows up. You know, two of the people I heard from, former Packers employees that worked every day with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who were saying, what is he doing? What is he doing? What, what is going on? And I tweeted back to him and said, you know what? You don't understand the current staff. You didn't have to worry about the technology of a McAfee show back That's in the true. Day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they, these guys, we're all in the media now between what you put on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Or like I say, you go to Best Buy, get some streaming equipment, put on your own show on the Internet. Yeah. We're all in the media now, and the team can't control what you say when you get outside the doors, which is exactly why Aaron is doing that. And why it came back and exploded his face. Yeah. I remember two years ago in the before times, before the pandemic, when we, we didn't have to talk about any of this. Sports talk was so much easier. And then we went six months without actually having games to talk about. This, well, is, um, this is just something else. But there are key moments in history. Yeah. Muhammad Ali. True. The, the Olympic athletes, you know, at the 68 Olympics and all that, where it, that's made tremendous changes in history and social things and and that's important you know jackie robinson in the baseball that's all very important and things that happened last year as well but the the fact is we're almost two years into this pandemic thing and it's fatiguing and so people are looking to us for a diversion they want the games they want music they want movies they want to get away from it and he kind of dragged us all back into this but there was one guy who said about four or five years ago hey Sports is closer to politics than you think. Oh, yeah. And that was Aaron Rodgers at his locker. And he's right. Well, now, he's right. Yeah. now it's bit him in the butt. Well, I hope we don't have to talk about this again. Maybe if we get some OBJ drama, that's another thing. But we can talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time. Can you imagine? Yeah. I, I, there's no way in hell I see that happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd just be another character in the soap opera. Mike, I got to let you go. I could talk for 10 more minutes about this. and Maybe we can connect later in the week. But I got to go. I appreciate you. Thanks for making the trip to Kansas City with everything you had going on, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Grant. Mike Clemens on Twitter, at MikeClemensNFL. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and we'll get back to playing some of those updates tomorrow and hopefully get back into the normal swing of things, hopefully with Rodgers this weekend. i got to take a break, or we're going to miss out on the last segment of the show. Final segment coming up. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.